this is Take Note, a podcast about keeping a notebook and paying attention. And if you're paying attention, maybe you realize that like all these ads for BetterHelp and the other online uh, uh, mental health things are, are really questionable. Like It's a really weird thing. Anyway, I'm here with my buddy Ted. That's my ad for BetterHelp. Ted, how are you? Coming in, coming in hot, coming in controversial. Yeah, I've, I've been really um, skeptical about him for a while. Um, and I do think it's got not much to do with this podcast, but it does, if we pay attention, it's like some weird dystopian shit. Anyway, how are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm good. I'm I'm dystopian. I'm in there. We're all in this together. We'll get through it. Thank you. Um, Appreciate it. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, you know, you can take a minute. Not you, but anybody. Yeah. Take a minute. I think I had my Just minute. Step, step off the carousel. That's what I would say. I like it. Step up. If you step off the carousel for a minute, everything will be fine. Then you just step right back on again and get right back in. <laughs> uh, what do you got, Adam? That means uh, yeah, long-time listeners will know that that means what have you got in your notebook that you've written down that you've paid attention to? All right. All right. You're going to share. I got a good one here. Uh, I'm... It's a beautiful sunny day, and I'm at the little bar in the village, sitting outside. And this guy says to a woman he's sitting across from, he goes, "He's like too much of a simp, according to her." I told him, "You'll get over it. You're 13." And uh, oh. it gets worse. This guy was a middle school teacher talking about one of his students. Oh, yeah. That word. I don't really know what that word means. I also don't really want to know, and it makes, but it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, well, that's what the lady, the other teacher, said. Like, well, simp, what is? I don't even know what that is. Um, I like that. Yeah. A little too close to the old Pulp Fiction reference that I think <laughs> I don't even need to say out loud. I think everybody can come to their own conclusion, but I don't like it. I think they're different things. Ted, what do you got? Um, oh, I wrote this, I actually transcribed this from a different notebook or something, some piece of paper that I was throwing out so I condensed and put it in my current notebook. Uh, no idea where this quote came from. I don't know who said it. I don't know what the context was, but the quote is, I have always had a very loud clap. <laughs> I think that might so be me. I've, I've always had a very loud was, clap. Was it you? I don't know. Okay. I can't remember. I mean... Did you copy it from a notebook from like 20 years ago? I don't think. I can't even. I didn't even write down where I copied it from. That's a hmm. little context I have for this whole thing. Love it. What do you got, Adam? All right. I, I'll give you a choice between two. What do you got? You can either have a pickle or wrestlers. Wrestlers, please. Okay. Uh, for 200. <laughs> amateur, quote, professional wrestlers keep arriving at the Park District's community center where my son Wiley takes fencing classes. <laughs> I just saw the Beast wheeling in his suitcase. This assumes that the Beast wears his own t-shirt. Uh, I'm fairly sure that the Chevy sedan with Nebraska plates and giant claw marks along the passenger side are related. <laughs> All this while I'm reading an email with Dorothy Wordsworth's diaries. And that is they're they're Do putting Dorothy Wait, Wordsworth. Yep. You mean Dorothy Dorothy the Beast Wordsworth? Dorothy the Beast Wordsworth. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Man, I'm glad I picked wrestling. Yeah, I think you are. Other one was gross. Amazing. What I wonder wonder what the politics are of of t shirt wearing and wrestling like 
What if you did wear somebody else's t-shirt? Right. Wrestling's one of the few, it's a very good point. Wrestling is one of the few things where it's you have to, I think, wear your own t-shirt. Yeah. Like don't nobody's going to know who you are. <laughs> right, exactly. What Especially just, in amateur I mean, professional wrestling. I mean, just imagine getting a shirt that said Adam on it. Just to make sure everybody, when you're entering a building, everybody knew who you were. Well, I have, my birthday's coming but, up in was, five months. Was that, Adam? So that was Adam. Yeah, that was Adam. I saw him wearing a shirt that said Adam on it, and I'm I'm pretty sure in the podcasting game, you, if you're wearing a shirt with a name on it, it's always going to be your own name. I love it's not it. It's going to be somebody else's name. <laughs> nope. To, if, you're wear, if you're wearing a Tim Wasson shirt... That's going to be Tim Wasson. Yeah, I bet. It's not going to be somebody else. I wonder which which of the Erasables is most likely to wear a shirt with the other Erasable host name on it. Anyway, we'll take this. We'll deal with that offline. Yeah, take it offline. <laughs> yeah. Ted, what do you got? All right. Another uh, another uh, Parks. Parks, what do you got, incidentally? Um, Caroline, my life partner, was driving through the neighborhood the other day when she came upon a phalanx of parked Comcast trucks all up and down the block. She wondered what catastrophe was unfolding. She rounded the corner. She saw, and I should say, she was near the neighborhood park. As she rounded the corner, she saw a crowd of safety-vested workers out on the Linkwood Park baseball field. Are they digging up the ball field, she thinks to herself? Uh, no. They were playing a spirited midday <laughs> company game of baseball out on the field, whooping it up. There were Comcast employees in the stands cheering for each other, and they were absolutely going for it, and it was like the greatest thing she'd ever seen in her whole life. Um, yeah. I love it. So now, you know, they do that every day. That's where they are when they're not making their appointments. Yeah, they're like, we'll be there from 1 to 4. <laughs> One to three is uh, they got to settle the best of seven series. And then three to four, you know, if they can get there. That's right. But man, does I mean, I just visions of like, you know, the 30s when like the, the factory whistle would blow and the, you know, guys would come in the big, the burliest workers would, you know, take off their shirt sleeves and, and, hit it around for the old company team. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. It's just America. I love it. The beast. The beast. He's at the plate is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Up next, Dorothy the Beast. <laughs> Wordsworth. <laughs> Left-handed first baseman. Uh, dead pull hitter. The beast. Well, Adam, I gave up on my dream journal. Oh, Okay. I gave up on it. Is it because my dream journal's faring so much better that you're like, I can't compete? I think there was a little bit of that. There was a little bit of pressure. Yeah. Um, what I found was I just didn't like doing it. Like the, okay, I wake up. That's always the first part. And, you know, some sort of weird hint of a dream in my head. And the process of opening my eyes and turning a light on and like writing words at that point 
and trying to capture it, but also having to write and like look at a piece of paper and it just really felt negative <laughs> somehow. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just felt like the hardest mental work. And I, you know, even the dreams I did write down, it was just, I didn't felt no return on investment going through this painful process. So I gave up. <laughs> that is, you I know, gave it a shot. That's one of the that's one of the challenges with stationary habits in general. It's low ROI. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> I ran the numbers, man. I ran them. I crunched them. I churned it through. Uh, I did a pivot. Is that what it is? Yeah, a pivot table? Yeah. Is that a thing? The pivot tables are I things. Pivoted. I I mean, I can't figure them out. I've been looking at people's pivot tables for years. Makes no sense. Yep. Uh, and it didn't. It didn't add up. The numbers. Numbers didn't crunch. Well. I could tell you all the things that, in my opinion, you're doing wrong in the process you just <laughs> described, but I, I'm, I'm not going to do that. All I'm going to say, and this is not part of the standard how to keep a dream journal suggestions, but all I'm going to say is the last last few days, the last week, what I do when I remember is before I go to bed, I tell myself I'm going to remember my dreams when I wake up. <laughs> Because it's so, it's so pleasant to me, and, and I think it works. <laughs> well, it, but you you're obviously deriving a satisfaction from it that I that's that's uh, unavailable to me. Even when they are oddly grim, it seems like uh, like a, a, a just a delightful tunnel into my subconscious. Yeah, I you I mean, in, I think that's what I expected to happen. Um, I, I thought it would, I thought it would, I thought it would be, yeah, I thought it would be that. Yeah. Um, but it just didn't prove to be, I mean, uh, something, I think my, my discomfort led me to, I don't know, sort of, there's no poetry in, in, in the, the taking down of the dreams I read back and it's just not even grim, but more just like mundane and boring. Like, why am I even... I mean, like saving a dream for the sake of a dream, I think, or, or, you know, for the sake of it, no matter what the, the content of the dream, I think that kind of got me down. I mean, if I spring up and got some wild dream that's really sticking with me, hey, I'll write that thing down. I got my notebook <laughs> right here. And it was just the banal bureaucratic recording of, uh, <laughs> of every, of every sad little twitch of my subconscious just captured in a in mediocre form i couldn't uh there, there was no roi there well just to continue to counter you know whatever's wrong with you uh last week i dreamed <laughs> that uh johnny greenwood had told me that tom york was dead and then like the next morning there was all this johnny greenwood news tom york wasn't dead so man yeah, yeah see that's good stuff yep that's good stuff no offense Maybe it's tom just york. my dreams my dreams are the problem you think it's my natural dream talent? It's just, I was born with it. <laughs> I think I need like uh, McKinsey and company to, to airlift in and oh, that's figure out what's going on with, with Dream Corp over here. <laughs> Trim the fat. Yeah. Well, anyway, so that, you know, this dovetails on our discussion of uh, topic dedicated notebooks yep. and so so the one so I, i've given up on my dream journal this was my dapper notes and i i i'm actually happy i've given up on it because now it's 
I've transitioned it into being my daily journal, and I can enjoy this very handsome, well-constructed uh, journal as just a fun daily carry. Um, but the the dedicated journal that I'm happy about uh, is I started a uh, a coaching journal. So I'm a little league baseball coach, my son's team, and occasional helper with my daughter's softball team. But uh, you know, I thought I'd just start a coaching journal just to you know kind of record uh, specific little insights or approaches that I took. Or you know, tricks stealing stealing good ideas from other coaches is basically the that's at the heart of uh, of being a youth baseball coach. You're like the so uh, W. G. Sebald of baseball <laughs> coaches. <laughs> well, so I'll tell you my most recent one that I had to write down. So, you know, you got twelve kids on a team. Two of them have to sit on the bench out in the field every inning because there's simply not enough positions on the field now this and i this another coach told me this and i immediately stole it uh on the lineup card that all the kids can see you know so they can see which positions they're slotted for he doesn't put down bench for the two players every inning he puts down designated hitter so he said, I got a whole team full of kids who are psyched to be the designated hitter for that inning. And I thought, my God, that's the smartest move I've ever heard in my entire life. I'm stealing that. And it's totally effective. It just changes the whole dynamic. So there, that's going in the coaching journal. Love it. And that stuff happens all the time. You know, one person comes up with a good idea and, you know, you got to you put it down and it's, it's in the journal. This one's a... Uh, I think it's emoji. One of the emojis I got in New York City. These taking a trip to San Francisco in May. I'm excited to find some some uh, some destinations there and in between work stuff that I can seek out some interesting stationary experiences. Nice. They probably got emoji there, but I'm gonna see if there's a Kino Kunia in San Francisco. We got one of those out in the suburbs, and it's really great. I bet. I bet San Francisco's got something good cooking. I bet they do too. Ted, I uh I got I got my new issue of Packaging World magazine the other day. Um you know, look at it. No. I'm still waiting on mine. Yeah, it's yeah. that Houston mail service. Um and anyway, cover story, big cover story related to our uh, <laughs> our industry here. Pentel's paper blister packs ditch plastic. It's, I mean insane that that's how they're writing their headlines like tongue twisters. The leading maker of writing utensils has worked steadily for the past three years to develop a plastic-free alternative to the blister pack format that is ubiquitous in the category. Now, I'm looking at these. They don't look... Uh, what I'm going to say is a little unfair, but um, you know you know, paper boxes of pens that you might see at Staples? Mm-hmm. It, it looks like they just added something to it t- to hang it on the shelf. Now, that's a slight exaggeration, but... Hey, easy. <laughs> but, uh... It, Easy. it looks like they put a bit of hanging, what do they call it? They put hanging card backing onto what would be an ordinary uh, box of pens. I know I don't believe Whoa. that's what it is when they developed this plastic-free alternative to the Buster Pack format because they spent three years working on it. And yeah. <laughs> I think if I read more of my Packaging World magazine, I might have a little yep. more insight. But we can share with our readers the news that soon the Plast- the p- plastic bis- blister 
mm, plastic blister pack <laughs> format that we're used to seeing on the shelf of our Pentel products sure. is now going to be a paper blister pack format. Sure. Well, I mean, the fundamental flaw in your logic is that the boxes you're describing hold, what, 12 pens. Right. You're right. You think you can just put three pens into that box and have those things show up uh, show up uh, for the consumer unscratched and undinged? I don't think so, Adam. That's where the engineering comes in. I think that's a really good point. Um, the pictures in this magazine show... You, you a- think you can just cram a couple, a little piece of cardboard in there and, and it makes... Adam. Yes. To be, to be fair, you're exactly right here. However, it looks like in addition to the two packs and the three packs that are now coming in a paper blister pack format. They've also got a picture of one that looks more more along the lines. Maybe this is just, maybe I'm completely wrong, but based on so the picture, they, it looks they, like there's one that's like an eight-pack, too. But they've got pictures in Packaging World now. Oh, they do, yeah. All right. Pictures, wow. of, pic- pictures of packages. Pictures of packages. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I, I, I like uh, chewing gum, and I prefer... Mentos chewing gum. Shocking plot twist there. It's, yeah. One of the great uh it's the it's the it's the oxycotton slow release pill of uh of chewing gum. So I'm sorry, I'm in the middle of a book Empire of Pain about the uh the horrific tactics of these the Sackler families, uh Purdue Pharma, so forgive me. A real laugh riot, right? My my point will only slightly more painful to read than uh, the rest is noise, but uh, the rest is noise is not a painful read, but it is a sleep aid. <laughs> um, I enjoy but, it. Uh, Mentos, three minutes at a Mentos. time. Mentos. Yep. Sorry, Mentos. That's okay. Which is uh, you know, there's some big. You can get a pouch with like 160 pieces, or you can get a little. Uh, tub mini tubby thing for like 60 or 70 pieces they make that thing in all paper now so it's uh it's no longer i mean i'm guessing this was featured in packaging world at some point i don't know how we missed the story well we just encountered in the store probably because it was about mentos gum and we didn't need, some of us didn't even know mentos made gum there you go um uh, but it uh instead of a little plastic you know thing that you feel weirdly obligated to keep or, or put something in it or something. It's just a great little paper, little paper cardboardy kind of thing. You just pluck this cardboard top off and uh, it's great. So a Pentel, Mentos, whoever the, the parent company of Mentos is, is probably Purdue Pharma for all I know. <laughs> um, congratulations on your, your innovations in the field. I mean, I, blister packs just in general are really, uh, really quite awful. Well, that's what the you folks at Toyota, them. the Tokyo-based Pentel company, thought. You don't like being able to see into them, or you do like being able to see into them? I'm saying, I guess that that explains the blister pack. You got to see that product. You got to, you got to see the handsome contours of that Pentel RSVP before you uh, before you throw your hard-earned dollars down. Absolutely. Well, I looked through I looked through this Packaging World magazine in hopes that there was an article about Mentos or any other stationary item, and uh, I'm not seeing anything. Yeah. Not seeing anything. What other, what other kind of products they got 
pack were they packaging oh, up in there? I'm glad you asked. Uh, disposable fly traps. Um, oh. uh, Kirkland Signature yeah. Ultra Clean Laundry Detergent Pods. And I'll tell you, man, a fly trap truly does seem like a a, a great packaging challenge. <laughs> <laughs> you you came out of the gates with a real curveball there. Yep. Uh, quail eggs. Sticky, smelly. Quail eggs. Nerds. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. I was I was on this. I knew about this nerds thing a solid year ago. Nerds candy container offers a new twist on a classic favorite. I knew about that. Little industry secret, but can't get into yeah, it. Yeah, but nerds nerds has been ahead of the paper packaging game for quite some time. Well, yeah, you know what the new twist is? <laughs> Slidable, reclosable paper uh, receptacle hole. I mean, no kidding. They switched to a plastic container. Oh my god! They're the real visionaries, man. They're like it's time. That's right. When you zig, we zag. Zig we zag nerds. Nerd corp. When you zig we zag nerd corp. <laughs> well, this has been packaging corner. Um, I look forward to to next episode's segment. Absolutely. What It'll products? What products and their packaging will we discuss next week? That's right. I did think of uh, so so I mentioned. Uh, Lyrics being poached and like being great in songs, you know, like where you're like, wow, that's great. But then you realize it's just a stolen lyric. Um, I, I did think that would be a good notebook just for stolen lyrics. That's a great and one. I did encounter one. Um, Lana Del Rey, much respect, great artist, at, in the middle of one of her songs said, Rocky Mountain High, you know, mm -hmm. it sounded great. And I was like, that's not, no. That's going in my. That's going in my notebook. I had an idea actually. I, I haven't started it yet for a special notebook, and I'm just uh, kind of trying to decide if it's a if it's a normal forty eight page, you know, field notes memo book, or if it's one of the longer ones. Because I've got some of those. I've got I've got like the big one, the pitch black, and I thought I would just start making a alphabetical list, like a like a dictionary, not a dictionary, but an alphabetical list of. Uh, things I recommend or things I like just like a and I can't decide if it's a list of joys like things that make me happy or if it's a list of things I recommend like you could somebody could pick up this list or I could type it all up well, if it's and it's all recommendations it's, I think if it's alphabetical you're talking about an encyclopedia an encyclopedia of pleasures, of pleasures. Yeah. yes there's the title an encyclopedia of pleasures. I don't like encyclopedia of pleasures. I feel like that sets up an expectation that I don't want to fulfill. Um, maybe an encyclopedia of joys, perhaps. Um, yeah, I like it. Yeah. But, the, you know, being alphabetical, there's an idea that it, you would be able to somehow reference it and find something. So you could be like, hmm, I wonder if Adam likes xylophones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could just make a list. Could just be a list in no order of things I liked too. Um, but yeah, so I, I've been thinking of doing that, and um, good. I th I think there were like a there were a few things rattling in my head that inspired it, and then I spent a lot of time thinking about how I would might format it, and definitely forgot the uh, few things that were rattling in my head that inspired it. <laughs> but but I do find, uh, you know, I, 
you know me as kind of like a cynic or curmudgeon at times, and I feel like I, you know, I, I play it up in my life, but I really play it up in this show. But I really, mostly, I like things. Like, uh, like I have found that there's, there's not a lot of time to not like things anymore. Like, I, I just focus on liking things. It's like, that's why I uh, overhype books yeah. and stuff like that. But it's, it's sincere. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah, just make a list of things. Anyway, that's what I was thinking my special Good. notebook would be. I don't I like know if I'll it. do it. I like it. Well, you know, that reminds me. So, I, 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 I honestly, I'm having trouble with what led to the revelation. I think I gave up on the dream journal. I was trying to, you know, I was sort of, I think I ran a little dry on like personal anecdotes or observations. And, and I was reading the Sunday Times last week. And I just decided, you know, I, I've been, I have a lot of reading material coming through. I get the New Yorker, I get the Atlantic, I'm reading stuff online, I'm reading it Sunday Times. And I was starting to feel like I, for, you know, I'd say to people like, oh, I can't remember where I read this, but there was some story I think was this or that. So what I decided to do starting with the Sunday Times was if I read an interesting anecdote, I would write it down in my notebook, kind of reframing it a little bit, like, you know, giving it that little bit of context you need, almost kind of like to chat about it at a at a cocktail party or whatever. Um, but just the sort of those those things you read that are interesting, they're not even necessarily like the story, maybe it's a side note or, a, you know, the things writers try to inject to, to add flavor and, and I know that I'll forget it if I don't write it. So I kind of took this approach, um, but with my pocket notebook. And much in the way that you have found, you know, dreams, dream notes to be satisfying, I've just, I've, I've really enjoyed this. And it's not quite quotes. I think that's the slight difference from like the commonplace book stuff that we've done in the past. But it's more like, you know, what do you like newsletter content or like um you know f- just framing it for myself um i mean let me just read one to give you an example a retired intelligence analyst said that the military's database of top secret intel quote ain't as gucci as people think unquote. <laughs> and like that's just i you know the story it kind of reminds me of the whole story that i was reading about you know the leak or whatever but just just giving myself a little context for that. The quote's funny, but the quote doesn't quite make sense without the context. So I've really been doing that a lot. It also sort of fills up the notebook in a fun, satisfying way. I can go almost like a commonplace book. I can go back and read them, and it's enjoyable. And then they stick in my head so that in conversation, I actually have they're a little more accessible to me. Um, you know, I just you know my daughter was having trouble going to sleep the other night and i was just like oh hey do you know that uh what is this one i don't know if i can even remember it yet but i was able to just unfold a um a little anecdote from something that i read and that had stuck a little better because i wrote it down and i found it to be a nice kind of uh it's like a little enriching life thing that Makes me feel like I'm taking a little more away from all this different stuff that I'm reading about all these different topics, and that just start to feel like they're ping ponging around in your brain. So that's not even a dedicated notebook. That's just my daily pocket notebook. But it's a slightly different approach that I've really found enjoyable. So I'd recommend it. 
Yeah, I'm, I, I've, I've been doing something a little similar. Um, I guess mine's a little more commonplace notebooky, but I was going to mention that I, I'm i reading Jenny O'Dell's Saving Time. I finished it, actually. Oh, cool. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we read and liked uh, How to Do Nothing. I think uh, yep. some other folks in the stationary podcast realm did not enjoy that book. Um but I mean, I liked it. And this one, you know, it's funny. It's like her books are, she's an artist and her books are not yep. uh, how to books. Her books are like collages mm-hmm. of related stuff, which yeah. in, in this one, it does kind of, it, it doesn't teach you how to think of time in a different way, but it provides all these different first interesting anecdotes that I like to write down, but all these, you know, you know, slightly askew visions of time. And it does allow for a slightly, it it gives you, it opens your mind up to some other ways to think about time. Um, but mostly it's just like, you know, an interesting collage. Um, I've been writing stuff from that book down in my notebook and I don't know, it'll probably end up in a commonplace book or it'll end up in uh in our zine or something like that, but just all sorts of things. Yeah. When uh, when my kids are trying to go to bed, though, I don't read uh, quotes from Saving Time, like the definition of declinism. Instead, I just pull out the new issue of Packaging World, and I, uh, I let them know <laughs> how platform helps designers go plastic-free and the new twist on Nerds candy packs. I don't te- te- I do not read the nerd stuff before bedtime, actually. Get that to Bad idea. Well, hey, let's do this again next week, Adam. Sounds great, Ted. In the meantime, uh, thank you for listening. If you support this show through Patreon, thank you for your support. Pretty fantastic uh, that you would do such a thing. means a lot to us. Um, you can head over to our website, takenote.space. you find links to the Patreon, links to sign up for our Substack, uh, which is, I, I think it's great. Um, just kind of continues the conversation. That's that's sort of what we're all about. What, what? How can we just keep this conversation going? We haven't run out of stuff to talk about yet. Uh, quite remarkable, and, and we don't plan on it anytime soon. Uh, so again, thank you for listening, joining us along the way. Uh, you can email us if you'd like at takenotecentral at gmail.com. Uh, almost guaranteed that we will find your email there. Uh, And in the meantime, take care. I did not forget that we had that email address.